You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for joining. This is episode 91. Yes, 91 episodes into NFT 365, which seems like a lot, but yet that just means we have a lot more on the back end. Uh, thank you guys so much for jumping in and joining uh, the conversation. You know, we had some great uh, you know, comments, uh, both on the Discord as well as some that sent me some messages about yesterday's episode where I really broke down you know, my love for the Olympics, as well as my love for, you know, the Super Bowl having NFTs, but also the caution we have to have for kind of the NFT uh, different marketplaces and the different uh, blockchains that NFTs are being hosted on. And, and I had someone reach out to me and say, hey, Brian, didn't you say you had an NFT, uh, on, you know, one of these type of NFTs? And I, I will say it took me like an hour to find one of the F NFTs that I had bought probably three months ago. Uh, and if it takes me an hour to find the NFT that I bought, it's going to be an interesting animal when it comes to uh, secondary markets and so on. So, uh, you know, I appreciate all that feedback. Love that you, have, you know, we're kind of taking a lot of these ep episodes and turning them into action. And this episode is going to be a lot of fun as uh, we have an amazing guest. And our guest is actually someone I got to meet uh, in person uh, that was there kind of like a couple days before the, uh, the origin of this podcast actually came to life. And uh, as many that listen to the podcast know, this podcast came to life in, in New York City. Uh, and I'm beyond thankful that I went to that event. There was you know, every reason and every fiber of my being was you know, kind of telling me you know, to pull out or not have, you know, have an excuse not to go. And you know, Drew, who's you know, my business partner as well, we had actually never met in person. We actually met uh, at the train station to take the train up to New York uh, to spend a couple of days there in New York. And Lauren, who's today's guest, I had actually found or connected with through uh, TikTok, uh, interestingly enough. And uh, TikTok, as far as, uh, you know, the NFT landscape there, and then kind of connected across the other socials, and then uh, randomly got to run into each other uh, at the uh, Jimmy Buffett Margaritaville there in New York City. And then uh, I would say ever since we kind of stayed in contact uh, Lauren also has a podcast and has been attending a lot of the uh, you know, events uh, since New York. I think New York was the last NFT event that I attended. I'll be heading out to uh, East Denver next week. But uh, Lauren, thanks so much for joining us today on the podcast. Give us a little bit about your background, and then we're going to get into those details of what we kind of, you know, how we kind of connected there in New York and then some of the events you've attended since. But yeah, share a little bit about yourself to the audience. Thank you so much for the warm intro. It's an honor to be here with you and connect with your community and my community and bring the two groups together. Greetings, everyone. I'm Lauren Turton, host of the podcast Freedom with NFTs. On Freedom with NFTs, I interview NFT enthusiasts so they can share their tools, tips, and tricks so you can dive even deeper into creating your version of Freedom with NFTs. Most notable on the show is Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V. I was able to interview him in real life 
the week of NFT NYC at an offsite event. I'm also co-owner of Chow Chow Piadina, the first independently owned restaurant to create an NFT project that generates in real life sales. We created a five-tiered customer loyalty program leveraging NFTs and POOPs. Every time you come into the restaurant and spend over $20, you get a POOP. Every sixth time you come into the restaurant, you get an NFT airdrop to you that includes utility, like a free appetizer on your next visit. We announced this project on the last Sunday of October with an in-real-life event. We had about 30 to 40 people attend. And what we've been navigating since announcing that are the logistics that need to, or the logistics that take place in regards to customer service in the restaurant and how the systems and protocols work with this program. We will be getting it on chain very soon now that we have ran through this beta test and figured out the ins and the outs, what works, what doesn't work, and how it can be operated on chain. I'm also a vice president of a small nonprofit based in the U.S. called Help of the Kani, K-A-N-I. We support women and children in southern India. Pre-pandemic, I was traveling there annually to check in on the programs that we manage and fund. On my first year there, I connected with a young lady named Nandita. She was born able-bodied. At nine years old, a virus attacked her spine and she became what she likes to be called uniquely abled and wheelchair bound. For many years, she laid in her bed in a deep depression because her body no longer functioned like it used to. I met her when she was 15 years old and over the last few years, I've seen her build up the strength in her hands and her feet and her body to be able to sit up in her wheelchair to be able to learn to write again. And when I saw her before the pandemic hit, she handed me a handwritten copy of a book that she had spent the last year writing. And then the year after that, I worked with her and she typed each letter. She's able to type uh, with one finger on each hand. She typed each letter of this book and she is a best-selling self-published author on Amazon. And we are working now to get some of her art projects and her book on chain so that she can enter the NFT space. And I share this with you because NFTs are a way to change lives. Her family's average monthly income is less than $100 a month for a family of five. So imagine getting her into the NFT space where she can be exposed to a community of art lovers who will support her book, her drawings, and it change her family's life. You can hear that I'm getting emotional sharing about this because I'm so passionate about what NFTs can do for those that have been left behind in the past. So that's a little bit about me. Pre-NFTs, I was a business coach. I used to help my clients create a high-ticket offer, launch the offer, and leverage organic marketing to scale their companies. I also was an event producer for a half of a decade. I worked for a production company in San Diego, California that produced large-scale, high-budget events. I also had my own event company called Lucky, named after my now 16-year-old Chihuahua Jack Russell. And I used to throw bangers at the nightclubs in San Diego. I had a blast during my event years, and that's why I was so pumped to see the top how to really leverage events and in real life experiences during your NFT journey. Well, Lauren, first of all, I, I you know I just I love all the work that you're doing. I love you know as a, a proud multi hyphenate, multi passionate, multi 
you know, whatever multi, uh, ver- you know, description we want to put, I love connecting with others that are not only, you know, working in, you know, uh, have a diverse background, but also, you know, really, you know, having an approach to the NFT space in a sense that we can go in so many different directions. I think it's so easy to, you know, isolate our experiences in NFTs to, you know, singular NFT, you know, NFT PFP projects or whatever they may be. And, and I love, you know, so many aspects of that that we're going to tap into. Also really confused because you don't look a day over 29 and yet you have a half a decade of experience, but uh, we won't, we won't jump into to that side of it. But uh, oh, oh, I'm more than happy to share. I turned 36 years old this month, which for anyone who's in their mid 30s, I think you'll relate to why I'm sharing my exact age. I know some women don't like to share that, but I'm proud of the fact that I'm turning 36. And it's one of the reasons why I went so hard in the NFT space. I remember when I was eight years old, it was 1994, and my parents got our first computer, the big white box. All I knew to do at that time was play games after school. My mom was a dental hygienist. My dad is a road engineer. So for them, the computer was a means just to send the occasional email. And then when I was in high school, we got MySpace. And yes, I was into MySpace. I would come home after school, change my top eight, change my music, vibe on MySpace. But I didn't know to do anything more than that. And then when Facebook came out, I would post pictures of my food. And good Lord, if you look back on those statuses I used to post, they were so embarrassing. Again, I didn't know to do anything more with social media than just that. And so for several years now, as I've been on my entrepreneurial journey, I have said to myself, what's the next big thing? What is it? And when I discovered NFTs back in June of last year, I said, this is it. This is the next big thing. And I'll be darned if I am not a part of it. And this is one of the reasons why I dove headfirst into studying NFTs, learning as much as I could, implementing, connecting in the space. Because again, at the age range that I'm in, we've been a part of Web 1. We've been a part of Web 2. And most likely, they passed you by. But now we have the opportunity to be at the forefront of this historical shift in technology. I love that. And you're so right. And, you know, as proud millennial, I'm an elder millennial, I turned 41 this year. So uh, I I love that, you know, that connection to, you know, jumping in and also recognizing, you know, I, I was thinking about my top eight, uh, and even mentioned in the podcast yesterday, I believe about, you know, the the Winamp skins that we had where we customized our, our Winamp skin. Uh, and, you know, we were using our, our Napster and LimeWire, uh, you know, music that at the time, didn't realize that we were, uh, you know, in a way, uh, you know, hurting the artists. And, and it's a beautiful full circle that we get to now hopefully remove that, you know, starving from the starving artist. And so I, the place I wanted to jump in, Lauren, first was, you know, when we first connected, the, I really appreciated your both. And it kind of came through just in that last you know uh, segment right there, your ability to want to dive in but also your authenticity on saying, hey, I'm learning this and you know, I'm going to learn and study and lean in as I'm going, but I'm also not afraid to you know, kind of share that journey. And that's a, a massive aspect of this podcast. There is no expert, master expert guru conversation here. It's about different ways we can approach things. And I will say, you know, even from 
you know, the, the, you know, I, I love going into your TikTok comments that, that you get on your TikToks because a lot of the, you know, the questions range from everything from, you know, NFTs are trash to, you know, like my MetaMask got hijacked. Now what do I do? But you also mentioned, you know, the NFTs and launching the NFTs with your, with the restaurant. So I, I would love to, let's, let's start there. When, when the, the idea of kind of like, Hey, how can we position, you know, NFTs and POAPs with the restaurant? Like, what was the origin there? Was it, hey, we have a, a loyalty program that we think maybe NFTs could fit in? Maybe we didn't have a loyalty program and this was the place we were going to go. Walk us through a little bit of that origin because mo- there's a lot of people in restaurants that have probably thought about that in October that have done nothing to today where you thought about it and kind of started to implement. And so I, I think that would be really helpful for the audience. Absolutely. I'd love to dive into this. So let me backtrack a little bit. I entered the NFT space in June of last summer. I spent June and July studying, researching, and truly identifying, yes, this is the next big thing. August 17th is the date that will go down in my NFT history of when I officially entered the space by tweeting And during that time, I was still managing my business coaching company. It was thriving at that point. In August of last summer, I was featured in Forbes as one of the top business coaches making an impact. We had opened our restaurant, Chow Chow Piadina, which is located in La Jolla, a neighborhood of San Diego, California. Let me backtrack on the history of Chow Chow Piadina. We were supposed to open this restaurant before the pandemic hit. And once the pandemic hit, we were not able to open the restaurant. I saw companies that we were working with crumble before my eyes. I saw contractors get COVID and end up in the hospital for six, eight weeks at a time. It was an absolute train wreck. And we were so thankful that we were finally able to open in April of last year. And also a side note to that, due to the timing of when we were finally able to open, we never qualified for government. We had some successful months when first opening and then COVID picked back up. So things were slowing down. I had entered the NFT space in June, July, August, like I told you, is the official date that I entered the NFT space. I saw at the end of September that Gary V was on a flight and it was the day of the Christie's auction. And I thought to myself, well, this is bizarre. Why is he on a flight from New York this morning? So I got into his Discord and I asked, Gary, what's good? Where are you flying? And somebody wrote San Diego. And I, of course, flipped out because I was in San Diego. I dug into where he could be. And he was speaking at a real estate conference. So I found that they were selling day passes. And I canceled all my meetings. And I got to that conference. At the conference, he's speaking to thousands of people and he mentioned NFTs a few times. No one responded. No one reacted except for a handful of people. So the handful of people that responded and reacted, we found each other in the lobby afterwards. And I was having a conversation with someone and I said to them, I need to figure out an NFT project that will generate my restaurant in real life sales. I need people in the door. Yes, it's wonderful that we can leverage NFTs for digital sales, but I need people in the door of my restaurant. And from there, I started to create this customer loyalty program. I brought on a wonderful person. Her name is Valerie V. Dizzle 777 as a project manager to help me execute on bringing this project to life. And that's how we started to create this customer loyalty program. And we started this at the end of September and we had logistics figured out by the end of October. 
And like I told you at the beginning, since then, we've been figuring out systems and logistics so that we can get the project on chain. Oh, I so I, I want to say, you know, Lauren, there's so many aspects of this that I just want to give you, you know, massive amount of kudos for. And I will say it's actually one of the things that I appreciated about you from from the start. And for those that, you know, know the, you know, I, I've been very blessed, you know, have a, a good relationship with Gary V back from 2013. And then um, some time that he gave me in 2014. But there there's there's a difference between those that are are wanting to get into things or wanting things to happen and those that make things happen, or we could just say make shit happen. And Lauren, you are a make shit happen person. And I think it is, it is inspiring. It's motivating. Uh, I remember you saying, you know, you were going to get Gary on your podcast. And I remember thinking in my head, like, Hey, that's a, that's a great idea, but you know, good luck with making that happen. And then I was watching your stories and watched the, Hey, you went right up to him and shot your shot. And I think for so many people in here, you know, you don't know what the answer is unless you're asked. Right. And I think it's, you know, they can't say no if you're not asking. And the worst thing they can say is no. And he said, yes, I remember, you know, seeing that on there. I got to listen to the, the podcast episode, but even taking this back to the restaurant, right? Not only did you, you know, this is so much what is missing. I believe for a lot of people that are saying, why not me? Or I want this to happen or must be nice that other people are, you know, are getting, you know, the right NFT at the right time. And I think when we look back at, at this last year, those that are willing to lean in and make things happen are the ones that are putting themselves at the right place at the right time. And, and I just think the element of like, Hey, you saw that he was traveling and you didn't just like tweet at him and say, like, try to get on his radar. You went into the discord, asked the questions, then figured out where they were going. But then you went to the event, which is like something that I could see myself doing, but I am one as extroverted as I am as a speaker, as a podcaster. I love to talk. I have, uh, you know, through my neurodiversity side, I, I suffer from rejection sensitivity dysphoria where I often, oftentimes will talk myself out of of making those asks of going up and doing those things and i and i share that because i i know there are a lot of people that put themselves in the right place but they're not willing to ask the right questions or even ask the question and i loved the question that you asked about like hey i don't want an nft for nft's sake or or hey i just want like how you know like hey this is the problem we have and this is what we're, and we would love to know how NFTs can, can solve it. And then you also recognize like, hey, that might not be my wheelhouse, but I'm going to bring somebody in to do so. And I, and I just want to say like for all those listening, you know, this podcast is as much motivation as it is uh, education. And I just think like that there's lessons right in there that if you take away just that in the idea of what the power of social listening is, the power of, you know, reaching out the taking, you know, seizing your opportunities. And I will say, you know, you, you've done that. Uh, you did that in New York with, you know, with getting Gary on the, on the podcast, you know, even with, you know, yourself as an artist, right. You've, you've taken on some, uh, photography projects that I've been you know, following along with as well. And then, of course, you had to walk into COVID and, and, and deal with a lot of those things, Lauren. So I actually want to just ask a question, and, and, and it's a little bit more just about yourself. Like, where do you get the, like, that, like, bravado, that gumption that, like, to be able to, like, kind of seize those moments? Because I think it's a, it's a beautiful thing that I would love to even instill into my daughters more. And so I'm just curious, like, where do you think you get that ability to kind of take action, but then also take, you know, take full advantage of the things that you're doing? Where do you think that comes from? 
Growing up, nothing was ever handed to me. My mother is an immigrant from Japan. My dad is American. So I grew up in a very interesting household for those who are in the space who might relate to having one parent who's American, one who's an immigrant. Um, maybe you know where I'm coming from with this, but I grew up in a very, very strict household. And again, nothing was ever given to me. I remember being eight years old and asking my parents for a candy bar and they said, no, we feed you three balanced meals a day. We're not going to give you a candy bar. If you want a candy bar, you need to figure out how to buy it yourself. And so eight-year-old Lauren identified someone else that had a skill set that I didn't have. It was a lady who was making jewelry. And I asked her how to teach me how to make jewelry so then I could sell it to my parents' friends so I could buy that candy bar. Yes, my parents did buy me the supplies for the jewelry that I made, but you get why I'm telling this story right now. It's because it was instilled in me from a young age to figure it out. I graduated high school in 2004. I did not go to college. I would enroll in college. I would drop out, enroll, drop out, enroll and drop out. And I did this for many, many years. I found that I was much better at working physically. And I found that the way I could make the most money at that time was by being a server in a restaurant. I was 18 years old. I wasn't able to bartend yet. And from there, I figured out, okay, how do I maximize my server shifts? I need the best sections. Okay, how do I maximize the best sections? I need to make the regulars that are going to tip me fat. And then from there, I became a bartender. And I worked the restaurant system for many, many years until I was 26 years old and I moved to San Diego, California. And that's when I realized I needed to make the next jump in my life. Okay, how do I get out of the service industry? And my choice at that time was to become a bottle service girl at the nightclubs and make thousands a night or work in the events industry and take a major pay cut. Because in the events industry, when you're first starting out, you do not make jack. And I decided to go into the events industry because I knew in the long run that it would benefit me more. And so I worked my way up in the events industry. And so I get this grit and this gumption for moving forward and keep trying and failing forward. I am not scared to fail. I fail forward daily. They're learning lessons. They're not actually failures. I get them because it's been instilled in me my entire life. And then in recent years, what I've realized is that my lessons, my stories, they can help other people. And the same for everyone in the spaces right now, your lessons, your journey, what you have been through, you can help other people. You are steps ahead of them for where they are on their journey. And this is one of the reasons why I show up on social media and the way that I show up, because I know that I can help other people and I want to help other people because along my journey, when I was working multiple t jobs at a time to get by, when I was paying quadruple the amount of rent in San Diego, California than I was where I'm from in Dayton, Ohio. There were people that helped me along the way. So now I want to help other people. I love that. And I, and I love the, you know, the connection to, you know, the, you know, growing up, right. Cause there's lots of those moments that we can kind of tap into. And, and I will say, you know, the other part of this too, is your, you know, when we're, when we're looking at, you know, NFT education, you know, I think so much of it comes down to relatability and as a whole, I would argue that most that are talking NFTs and crypto on TikTok, there are a lot of people that would prefer to come across as the 1% haves as they share their, their content, their advice. And, and what I feel, a lot of them, I end up hitting the button and muting or saying not interested because there's such a disconnect 
of like this need that you must be the expert in everything for you to be able to help others. And Lauren, you've done a great job in your content through, you know, the storytelling, through the authenticity, through kind of bringing people on that journey that I feel like that, you know, you're the exception to many of the the, the rules that we've seen with content creators there on, on TikTok as well. And so I, I appreciate that because it kind of comes full circle in this uh, in this you know conversation, and so I'm curious, you know, the the restaurant you have the the restaurant conversation from the Gary V event. Uh, you go to New York City, that's where we happen to meet, and um, you kind of leave that New York City event, you know, on a high. You've also attended multiple events, different, uh, you know, from Bitcoin events to uh, NFT events to even creating you know the your own kind of meetups uh, with you know communities in this space. I'm curious for so many people that are in the NFT space that right now it only exists in their MetaMask wallet and on Twitter or and too many Discord servers. What are some of the things that you can share about like that IRL that, you know, in life, you know, like I I'm boldly will say for the till the end of time that, you know, nothing we do online will ever replace a handshake or a hug. But if we invest in those relationships and those people online, when we do meet offline, it can turn into that, you know, handshake that we already have, or even make, you know, make, turn a handshake into a hug. And, and Lauren, you and I are proof. The minute I heard, you know, for those that don't know, like I, I was actually facing the bar with Drew and I heard Lauren's voice. I didn't even see Lauren. I heard her voice, which I had known through, through TikTok. And I immediately turned around. I was like, that's Lauren. I know who that is based simply on the voice. And I went over and, and said hi, and we were able to uh, connect. And, and so I think, like, to me, that's such a, there's a, you know, a beautiful example of the serendipity that exists offline. So what, give, bring us through some of, like, what are some of the things that you've, you've found at offline events and, and kind of give people a little sense of that, like, energy that exists at some of these, you know, Web3 style events? Great question, and I'm so pumped to dive into this. So I'm going to break this down into a few parts. One, it is an investment to attend conferences and events, transportation, hotels, food. And I understand that that can be overwhelming. I shared with you earlier that nothing has ever been handed to me. I also shared with you my job history. I have been at points in my life where I've had $32 to my name. So I understand what it feels like when there's something that you want to attend, but it looks unattainable. Attending in real life events is an investment that you're going to get back tenfold. And if you do not have the finances now to invest in a conference ticket, see if you can volunteer. See if there's an offsite event that you can volunteer and be a part of. If you're doing something in the space, you have a TikTok that has 20,000 followers and you're educating on NFT content. See if there's a brand that will sponsor you to attend an event. There is an abundance of wealth in the NFT and crypto space, but you need to do your due diligence on reaching out to others so that if you do not have that personal wealth right now, Somebody can sponsor you on your journey. So be creative in how you get to these events. So that's one takeaway I want to give to everyone. Because again, I have been there before with $32 to my name, no money to invest. But it is so important to attend these in real life events. Because like Brian said, the handshakes, the hugs, the memories, the funny moments, the justification that the person you've been communicating with on Twitter is real. They are value. 
or they are you have the same values of them morally you stand in the same place the vibe the energy of the person the other thing that happens at these events are opportunities you are there in the physical and people see you how you are operating how you conduct yourself in a room how you show up how you present yourself how you speak with others and again this space is abundant People need other people in the space. And so opportunities come your way at these events in a way that I can't even describe. And lastly, on the event topic, if you are in a region of the world where there are no events taking place, I want to invite you to start hosting your own in real life events where you are at geographically. Even if it's you at a Starbucks and only one other person shows up, Even if no one shows up, it's just you. You had the first meetup. Get that selfie with yourself. Get that selfie with that one other person and start to be the person that hosts events in your region. Back when I was business coaching, I would host online webinars regularly. The first webinar that I hosted, zero people registered. The second one I hosted, seven people registered. The third one, 13 people The next one, 20-something people. The one after that, 50-something people. And it's because I started it and I showed up consistently. So you can do the same thing with IRL events. Again, it can be you and one other person at a coffee shop and the connection that you form, the bond that you will make, it's going to trickle out in a way that's going to come back to you tenfold. I love, and I think it's so such an important piece there where, you know, we have to get you know creative and understand that, that there is an investment there, but it's also an investment that you need to be taking full advantage of, right? And I think that's also a lesson that you've kind of shared. And I also love that you mentioned that, you know, creating your own events, right? I think it's very easy to, you know, want a seat at the table. And in many cases, either for whatever reason, that table is not allowing you to, you know, have that seat. Let's make our own damn table, right? And, and create our own event, create our own meetup, our own space. And, and I think that's such a you know, a beautiful way of kind of having that, you know, kind of taking that, you know, to the next level. I'm curious, you know, from a standpoint of, you know, the content you've been creating from a podcast, from an artist, TikTok to these, you know, live events as well. What are some of the things that like stand out for you as far as, you know, where people are coming at from questions they ask, or even just kind of like their overall vibe of this space? What's your thoughts on that? So, Something for everyone to take away in this space is right now is a reminder of how early we are in this space and that you are a pioneer in this industry. And this is really important for all of us to understand, especially with the Super Bowl coming up and more people becoming interested in NFTs in 2022. What I did in regards to pivoting my business coaching content on Instagram is I did a slow rollout of NFT content because I knew if I started putting NFT content out in large quantities that it was going to overwhelm my audience that had been established for many years. So over the last six months, I've dabbled with sharing NFT content with my Instagram community. On TikTok, I had one TikTok in my world at the time go viral. I had about 5,000 followers at the time, and this one particular TikTok got over 200,000 views, and I now am at 15,000 followers, a lot because of that one TikTok. So on TikTok, I have been pigeonholed into um, NFT content, 
But start putting this content out there and creating systems and procedures so that you can start onboarding people into the space. The reason why is because soon your communities are going to start looking at you as the leader of NFTs because you're the only person that they know who's in the NFT space. And what happens is overwhelm. So if you start to put out the content bit by bit by bit, start answering some DMs, having some conversations, eventually you'll start your own Discord community. And a way that I have put boundaries in place is I host a free weekly session Wednesdays at 1 p.m. in my Discord community. So anyone who slides into my DMs and has questions, wants to get on a call and connect about NFTs and how they can learn about them, I invite them to this once a week Wednesday call. That way I can protect my space, have boundaries, and have energy to show up for what else I'm working on. So I think there's so many ways that we we kind of don't do that in the, in the sense of like waiting for you know someone to give us permission right and I love that you kind of talked through the you know even the idea of like leaning into you know the the algorithm but also understanding that if we are polarizing as much as some people you know believe I I hate the word polarizing I think I think having strong uh, you know convictions that are loosely held is extremely valuable. I think being polarizing for polarizing sake is something that has always always bothered me. But oftentimes we're polarizing by an influx of content or things that maybe feel out of left field for some people. And in a way, we almost remove the the opportunity for them to learn with us. And I love Lauren that you brought that up. And I think for so many that are in here, it doesn't matter if you've been into NFTs for a week or if you've been into NFTs for six months. More than likely, over the next week and a half thanks to the Super Bowl and even the Olympics. You know, I was laughing last night, like if we were playing the drinking game that every time NFTs were mentioned during the Olympics last night, um, we would have been pretty drunk because it was it was something that the announcer brought up like nine times in a row. And I was like, okay, what's what's going on here? And so you, the part of this that is such a, a beautiful piece is that, you know, you don't have to know everything. And it, part of it is bringing people on that journey. And I'll say, Lauren, one of the things when we had that conversation in New York and, and started connecting you know, you've been able to approach NFTs from multiple different vantage points, right? Everything from, you know, a collector, but then also as a restaurant owner that's implementing them. And then even as an artist with the idea of what you've been doing with your, uh, your collection, and then also the kind of the education that you have within the Discord. For the audience that's listening, you know, when you think about it from like your ability to kind of bring people in, you know, where where did you kind of take that from a standpoint of you know did you wait till you had a couple NFTs in your in your collection like where where in like your NFT collection journey did you kind of take on a lot of this because I think for for so many they're waiting to have the next blue chip or the or a bag full of NFTs and I don't think that is you know what what most should be doing and I think you've done it really well. So a great story to share with you all is how I obtained my first NFT. So I had shared on an Instagram story that I was exploring NFTs. This was mid-August. And Happy Land Gummy Bears reached out to me and they, they asked if they could gift me an NFT. At this point, I don't even know if I had a wallet set up. And I said, well, yeah, of course, this sounds great. And I shared that with my community. Now, again, I realized no one knew what I was doing at the time. What are NFTs? No one has any idea. But that one NFT sharing that 
has brought forth so many things in my life. So don't focus on, oh, I don't have any blue chip NFTs. I'm not a part of any of these major projects yet. Whatever NFTs you have, there's a reason why you have them. So share that with your community. Let them know. It could be a way that you onboard others in the space. And then again, you don't know what's going to transpire from sharing that. It's such a fun memory for me to think about when Happy Land Gummy Bears gifted me that NFT. And I'm actually thinking about getting it tattooed because them gifting me that NFT has changed my life. Well, and I will say I was gifted my first NFT as well. And I mean, that's just something right there that I think um, is not only you know important to kind of share with so many and and I will say you know I've been you know been able to pay that forward and in, uh, in multiple different uh, you know realms and I think you know for me that is kind of the beauty of this space right we can come in and our entry point can be uh, a variety of different uh, you know different uh, opportunities I'm curious Lauren of your collection and I, and I, I always I hate saying it a favorite because fa- asking people a favorite is always a little bit awkward, but like at currently at, you know, in this moment where you're at right now, is there an NFT that you have that, you, you know, something about the community you love, something about the collection you love? What's one that you could highlight, you know, that, that many people in the audience could check out. So I love that you asked this question because I am someone who does not promote getting involved in other projects. I never want to shift people or be an NFT influencer or anything like that. And I actually shared with two people today a project that I've invested in and I've become very, wow, I've had a lot of benefits happen from being a part of this community is um, the group that's putting on NFT Cabo, Akomi. This person ride or dies for his community and I hold two of his NFTs. I got them in the last couple of weeks. And as soon as I invested in his community and became a holder, this man has gone off for me, connecting me with media, other connections, dialing me in for his conference, NFT Cabo, and just going above and beyond. He is a character. He's loud. He's in your face. But again, he is ride or die. And so I invite everyone to check out what he's doing. I will pin it at the top so you can see. It's a small community, but strong. And he's putting on incredible events like NFT Cabo. I love that example because I think there's so many ways that we can go there. And, and I'm, I'm kind of the opposite of Lauren. Lauren has, you know, a very portrait, you know, very beautiful portrait photo as her, uh, her profile photo. And I change my PFP, you know, 300 times a day, sometimes depending on which Twitter space I'm in, depending where I'm at. Uh, and I, I love that we can kind of always approach these things differently. And I also love, you know, the example being, you know, an intimate community, right? And I think it's often almost assumed that like the best uh, NFT collections that give you the most value are the ones that sold out right away or the ones that are worth the most money. And I would argue that it's oftentimes the opposite. It's often the ones that you kind of get in on the, on the grassroots and, and you connect with people, you know, at a, at a deeper level. And I think that's something beautiful about, you know, the podcast and a lot of the projects that we've been able to, to highlight and amplify here, um, you know, throughout, you know, our entire journey here with the, you know, the NFTs and, and the different groups that are, you know, kind of exist. And so, you know, I'm, curious, Lauren, as we kind of look at, you know, 
you know, upcoming, you know, changes, some things that are, that are happening in the NFT space, you know, give us a little update on like, how does, how do, you know, you said you're, you've gone through the beta process with implementing, you know, NFTs and pull-ups with the restaurant. Um, you of course have a, a podcast and I'll include the link to the, the podcast and some of the content in the podcast show notes as well. But I'm curious, you know, as you're looking at a lot of these, like, you know, evolving, changing and where, where, what excites you the most like right now and how we're moving forward as far as I'm not able to pin a Comey's information in the room, but I did just retweet. So if you want to check that community out, I did that. And what I'm most excited about right now is all of the relationships that have been formed over the last six, seven, eight months in my world and seeing them progress and seeing the connections that I've made in the NFT space. When the announcements came out for the speakers at NFT NYC, I was so excited because people that I've been interacting with online are booked to speak. And it just elates me to see the progress that people are making in this space in such a short amount of time. I'm also booked to speak at NFT NYC. And if you look at that journey, I attended NFT NYC in the fall of last year. They granted me a press pass about a week before And what I figured out at the event is they had rolled out press passes for accredited and high-level press early on. And then entry-level or the independent content creator, they granted us press passes about a week before. So I showed up at NFT NYC and I had never done a live interview before. If you look at my Instagram page, you can see the first interviews I did. Um, They were not great, but I showed up. I suited up, I showed up, I was at the event and I've, like you said, Brian, just been putting in work and trying things and failing forward and figuring stuff out as I go. And only a few months into my journey, I'm now booked to speak at NFT Cabo, San Diego NFT Conference, NFT NYC, and I'm sure much more. So I'm excited for my journey and how quick it's progressing, but others' journeys as well and seeing it manifest in real life at these events. Oh, I love all of that. And I will say for all of those, you know, that are listening here, you know, both in the Twitter space and in our podcast, and you, if you are, you know, and it's very okay that if you're know, more comfortable kind of being the person that is waiting for permission or trying to figure out where you fit. And I think the takeaway you have to have from this lesson is that Lauren's giving you that permission right now. And it's proof in what she's been able to implement in is that there is no better time than right now. And there is nobody coming to tap you on the shoulder or give you the permission other than we're doing it right now. And, and I, I hope there are, you know, so many that are listening and, and I love seeing, you know, in the community, if we mention a project here on the podcast, uh, we mentioned the, the rough life project, which is a project we minted a couple days ago, uh, part of mint 365. And it's a, a project on Solana and they're, their their goal is to rescue a million dogs and they're donating 40% of their revenue to the SBCA and their their founder reached out to me today and just said that they were blown away how many people from the podcast jumped into their discord supported them were buying their nft was were asking how they could help were were asking questions and and i just want to say i i love that there are so many that are that are taking their that action but i also know there's a lot of people that are 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 holding back and waiting to take that action 
and there is literally no better time than right now. And I and I just think Lauren, you're 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 an example of that. And I also love that you're an example of also being an artist. And so as we kind of wrap this up, give us a little taste of you know, your your artist side, right? Because you've kind of tapped into a a 365 project, um, and you've had some uh, lots of things to kind of deal with that. But I love the artist side of you as well because it's. It's something that, you know, for many, when we get to see all the sides of someone, NFTs are really opening that door in all kinds of different ways. So share a little bit about that. Absolutely. So remember when I told you all about how I would enroll in college, I would drop out, enroll, drop out, attend classes for a few weeks, drop out again. At some point in my life, mid-20s, I finally got it together enough to attend community college, night school, winter semester in the snow, Dayton, Ohio. And I picked a photography program because I realized it was the only program that would hold my attention. And while I was in this program, I didn't do that well as a photographer. I had gotten really close with my professor, Professor Juris, shout out to him. And he called me out, Lauren, you're not that great of a photographer. But I'm going to show you what self-portrait photography is because I feel like you will align and resonate with this art form. So during class one day, I kicked it with him in his office while everyone else was in the dark room and he showed me self-portrait photography and I was fascinated with this art form and he invited me to try it out on my own. So I had access to an abandoned warehouse in downtown Dayton, Ohio, where my buddy was throwing raves. And I asked him, can I go shoot some photos at the warehouse? Remember, winter, Dayton, Ohio, snow, 30 degrees outside. I went to this abandoned warehouse and I started shooting photos of myself. It was low lighting. And when I went to edit the photos, I realized that I looked like an animal in them because I was blurry. It was dark. It was creepy. I showed these photos to my professor and he said, that's it. You've done it, but you need to take it to the next level. So I thought, you know what? Why don't I become an animal? There was a Halloween store that had masks at the top of the store. And I went to this Halloween store, looked at all of these masks, and I picked out a rabbit mask because its ears were the tallest. And I knew if I put this rabbit mask on and took photos of myself, I could become a rabbit. So I went back to the warehouse. I shot a series of photos. I edited them. I showed them as my final project, and I passed with flying colors. And my professor told me, Lauren, these photos are incredible. Keep taking them for the rest of your life. People are going to think you're crazy. They're going to think you're insane, but you're onto something here. And so for over a decade, I've been taking photos of myself in a rabbit mask. The project is called Find the Hair. You can find two collections on OpenSea under my name, Lauren Turton. And these two collections that you'll see, the first one at a higher price point is from that original series that I shot called Find the Hair. And the second one is from another series that I shot called The Spring Hair. And with that being said, I decided and I was inspired by you, your 365 podcast project, to do a 365 self-portrait NFT project for the year of 2022. I was able to complete two weeks of this project There are 14 images on Holoplex. 
that I have completed in this project. Unfortunately, I got COVID a few weeks ago and I've been focusing on recovering, so I haven't been able to produce more content for this project. But through my COVID recovery haze, I dialed into what was working on the project, what was not working on the project, what I liked about the project, what I didn't like about the project. And I'm so proud to share with you all that I have dialed that in and I will be moving forward with the project in the next week or two. And I'm actually bringing on a co-creator to help me execute these self-portraits at a higher level. And this is an example of the opportunities that NFTs bring to us. I know that so many of us have suppressed for many, many years talents, skills, and gifts that we were told, that'll never make you money. Being an artist will never make you money. You can't do that. Well, guess what? NFTs are here, folks, and we can do that. So I invite you to explore your inner child and ask yourself, what's something that I used to love to do that I no longer do in my adult years? Because you can amplify that in the NFT space like I have with self-portrait photography. Oh, it's 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 like owning that internal creative, right? And that artist and the opportunity to put that out. And, you know, I'll say that the TikTok you just recently did where you kind of explained how you kind of reverse engineered the the process to understand what was working and how you were going to lean into that. And, you know, I loved seeing that you were doing a, a 365 and I would challenge anyone that's listening. If you want to take on that challenge and do things, you know, around the clock or your own version of, of consistency and, and leaning into what's working and kind of adapting around uh, I think that is is extremely important, and it's also important to prioritize our health, both mental and physical, and and recognize that uh, when things like COVID or things like that happen, you know, we have to kind of uh, roll with those as well. And so, Lauren, I you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna include uh, the notes, for, you know, a lot of the links that you kind of shared here um, with with the you know audience, both you know Twitter Spaces as well as on the podcast. Uh, I'm curious, you know, what would you like to lead? You know, you've been really motivational, hopefully, for people in here. They're not only going to check out your collection, but start following you for that standpoint of of showing up, right? And I and I will tell everyone that's here, right? Your consistency is, you know, this podcast is a daily podcast. And if you would have asked me if, when Lauren and I met, if she would have asked me if I would be doing something every day, I would have laughed and said, that's not something that's possible for me. I am neurodiverse. I've struggled my entire life. Um, at doing just the basics, everything from brushing my teeth every day is not something that my brain prioritizes is as being neurodiverse. And yet I kind of took on that challenge on the train ride home from uh, New York and we launched five days later and we're now 90 days straight without missing an episode. And, and I will say like the beauty of it has been the idea of just leaning in and the power of the consistency is in the numbers of people that show up when we're, you know, for downloads and the people that have been buying, you know, the NFTs for our collection. And so, you know, I, I really love where you've kind of set people that are listening to this episode. And, and I will say, you know, we have more requests than I could ever imagine for guests on the podcast. And, and Lauren was one of the ones that I had reached out to early on and said, Hey, I, I'd love to have you on. Let's make this happen. And, and it's kind of beautiful the way it all happened now, because I think there's so many different aspects of the things that you have kind of going forward. So I'll let you kind of what would be like kind of the your closing remarks uh lauren for for our audience and and i'll make sure that they follow you on all the channels so i'll give the mic over to you thank you i have a gift for everyone who's in the spaces right now and who is listening to the podcast something that we touched on today is the importance of irl in real life events and so 
What can be overwhelming at these events is how many connections you are making throughout the day. So what I've created is a connections roadmap so that you can properly keep track of the connections you are making. I'll make sure to tweet this out afterwards so that everyone can access this link, bit.ly slash IRL1234, and that's capital IRL bit.ly slash IRL12345. And this connection roadmap is going to help you keep organized as you are making your connections on your journey. And one other takeaway for everyone is follow up, follow up, follow up. When you hear that I got Gary V on my podcast, the reason why is because I had been tweeting that man for months and interacting with him for months leading up to NFT NYC. And it was to the point where I felt confident enough speaking to him in person that he would at least recognize my name. Lauren Turton, that's that girl that maybe has a podcast that maybe has something with a restaurant because of the follow-up I had been doing with him for months. And that's how I was able to secure that interview with him. So if there's someone that you want to get in touch with, Message them, follow up, follow up, follow up. I have made some incredible deals in my life because I follow up. You better believe I'm going to be in your inbox if I want to have contact with you. And I'm telling you right now, I'm getting Paris Hilton on my podcast because I'm all over that woman right now. So mark my words. This is someone that I'm following up with right now. I love that. And I love that that you have the, the workbook on that. And I will say, it's that's a secret for my success as well. I I've already, you know, I've already seated a lot of the people that I want to connect with at uh, at ETH Denver that's happening in a week and a half. Many of them already have a LinkedIn connection. Many of them I've actually amplified their their tweets. I've gone into their blog to recognize what they care about, and I added that to my own list so that when I'm there, you know, it's not only uh, you know memorable, but it's also you know, we kind of have that priority. So I love that you're giving that uh, out, Lauren. And I will say, you know, I witnessed it in person, and you know, it is to me, you know, inspiring because I I have been one that has put myself uh, in a lot of the right you know, positions and places and sometimes not uh, activated on them, not taken full advantage of. And I also am a big Paris Hilton fan, gave Paris a huge uh, shout out and monologue a little bit yesterday as you know, her leadership in um, this space. And, and, you know, and for everyone listening to you know, part of this whole NFT journey is, you know, it is about that human connection. And the reason I feel that I was, you know, NFTs came into my world at the right time was that like my entire mission has, has been since day one is to you know, help audiences and each other kind of find that harmony between technology and humanity. And in many cases, it was technology first or social media first. And then it was, you know, prioritizing mental health and advocate around ADHD. But really what NFTs open up is it allows the inner multi-passionate, multi-hyphenate you know, in each one of us, I believe we are all much more than what our job or paycheck is. We are all much more than what we answer to someone that says, what do you do for a living? Which for the record is a question I can't stand and I wish we could we could remove. And I will just say like part of the beauty of, of this space and it's the reason that I was excited to have Lauren on and, and she not only uh, kind of demonstrated this, but you know, blew the doors off is you know, our possibilities and our opportunities within the NFT space go far beyond launching a collection or having our, you know, going one direction. We can really embrace it in a, a very multifaceted way. But the, the key part of this is 
There are a lot of people that are going to listen. There are a lot of people that are going to take notes. There are going to be some people that build a strategy, but there are very few people that press the damn button, that take the damn action to truly implement, to take advantage, to you know, put forward. And there's no doubt Lauren's going to get Paris Hilton on that podcast because We've seen the action that she's willing to put in um, in the past. And I, and I just challenge all of us to not only take that action, but, you know, press that damn button, embrace what this, you know, amazing Web3 world is, is providing us. And so until tomorrow, my friends, make it a great day. Cheers. This show is not for-